Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Monsters podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Chris Krogman, Joe Gaither, and Luke Barry. Discussing all topics, Chicago Bears. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Right here on Believe It Monsters Podcast for another week of Victory Week. A Bears win. What? We got to be happy for a Bears win on Monday Night Football. <laughs> wow. We are definitely happy. Welcome in to the Believe in Monsters Podcast. Talking Chicago Bears, a part of the Believe Network. Joe Gaither, Chris Krogman, Lucas Berry here talking about a 12 to 10 victory over the Minnesota Vikings. Thank y'all so much for subscribing, rating, and reviewing right here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on Amazon. Our episodes are live on most Tuesday evenings, and we'd appreciate you sharing the show with any of our Bear fans' friends. Lucas Berry, four field goals. Four field goals gets it done. How we doing? I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, that game yesterday was interesting. I was playing someone, I was playing a coworker yesterday in fantasy, and I was up by 14 points, and he had Josh Dobbs. And I was like, oh man, I'm probably cooked. Dobbs had like negative points for three quarters of the game. So kudos to the Bears defense for helping us get that W and shutting down Joshua Dobbs. Chris, how you doing? I'm good, man. Isn't it amazing how much we pumped that dude up and how bad he really is like it's a cool story and all but he's there's a reason he's been on like seven teams in three years or whatever it is josh jobs future no, chicago bear he's actually really good and the bears defense is just sick okay okay just hey kidding. you know he's he's better than uh probably anybody in new england or yeah. anyone in East Rutherford, or mm. probably that kid in Carolina. Sheesh. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the shots are fired, fellas. Um, I'm feeling fine. Frank, Frank Reich was fired. You fire! Doesn't, uh, doesn't give the Panthers a boost or anything. We need them to continue to lose, even though they have a fairly tough schedule. Remaining, I don't know why people think Tampa's gonna beat or gonna lose to them this weekend unless Baker doesn't play, but whatever. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, four field goals. Cairo Santos did his job. He so Justin Justin Tucker missed a field goal on Sunday from like 32, 33, something, 30, something, something. He should not have missed. And I think it moved Cairo Santos into like the most accurate kicker in the last three years or something like that. Whoa. Like Are that? you serious? I'm pretty sure. There was something that they said about Tucker and then Santos shortly thereafter, and I'm pretty sure that that was it. But 
If anybody wants to fact check me on that, I am not obliged or I'm not objective to being wrong. Uh, I will not. Yeah, I'm okay with being wrong on that. But uh, yeah, Cairo, after missing a 48-yarder, came back and banged a 55-yarder later in the game and made the rest of his inside the 40s. Uh, what's funny is earlier in the game, they, they had posted a stat where the Bears – uh, are were sixth in the league in touchdown percentage in the red zone. Um, but after yesterday's zero, they are now 12th in the league in touchdown percentage in the red zone. We're still, uh, you know, for everybody that fucking hates Luke Getze, I, I, I don't know. It's not the worst thing in the world to be 12th in the league in touchdown percentage in the red zone. No, it's not. I mean, you, you like finishing in the red zone, but yeah, I mean, you you end up, uh, I guess, you know, ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. If ifs and buts, you score those touchdowns in the red zone, no one's sweating it out at the end. <laughs> and uh, if your quarterback could throw it over middle but didn't throw interceptions, then yeah, you'd have a hell of a Merry Christmas all the time. Absolutely. Fuck. But the Bears beat, a, this is the first division win of the year, right? First division win for Eber Flubber oh ever. Oh my gosh. Which is terrible. 0 and 12 coming into this game. Eber Flubber, fathead. I mean, that's why you get fired because, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, hits or not, or whatever, personnel or not, or responsibility. Like, you have, I'm sorry. Beat the teams in our division, please. Please. Just, just do that. Uh, fire that motherfucker. What's the countdown at now? Like eight more weeks until he's fired until Black Monday because we're not going to be like the Panthers and fire our coach in the middle of the year. All right. So Hogan Johns brought up like if they like, let's say they go 500 or even a couple games under the rest of the year, but they beat the Packers in week 18. You think George is going to go in there and fire Matt Eberflubber? Yes. The only, the only hope is that. Like George has truly stepped back, which some have said is true, and that this really is Kevin Warren's show now, and he is not making the decision. And Albert Breer had the report, Lucas. I think you said something about it, where he essentially said Warren wants to bring in his own people, top to bottom. Uh, which I don't know, man. Now, like I'm so I'm so bipolar about Ryan Poles. You know, you see Kyler Gordon play really well. You see Brisker play decent. You he see well. he played well this game, but yeah. he's had some availability Dude, issues and some flappy bird issues. You, your boy Gervon Dexter, man, was a freaking monster. Gervon Dexter is the Jesus. He uh, he played really well. Uh, he had TJ Edwards. TJ Edwards. Oh man, if he would have if he would have tackled tackled Brandon Powell in the backfield when he was flying by him, that would have been so sick. But I can't I can't blame dude. him for missing Mighty Mouse, dude. That was hard. Um, massive game for Paul's picks, though. You're right, Chris. Yeah, uh, you know, and Zach Pickens isn't like stick standing out, but he's not standing out. You know, he's not standing out as being atrocious either. Yeah. Uh, and you know my my favorite guy everybody likes to beat up on Justin Jones is having a, a solid year as well. Uh, Billings was having a, a good year. 
Montez Sweat's a beast. DJ Moore was was a a Ryan Poles bang the table guy. Um, so yeah, but then you have the the other side of the coin with Chase Claypool. Um, Darnell, I don't think Darnell Wright and uh, uh, George uh, Carter's even a story anymore. I think Darnell Wright has easily matched talent with with Jalen Carter. Um, and then Dexter easily makes up for that. I mean, dude, Braxton Jones last year too. I mean, he's he's been awesome lately. Braxton Jones. Um, Tyreek Stevenson, you know, he got his first pick last week. He's playing really well. I thought Terrell Smith had a hell of a game filling in good relief, for yeah. him. Um, so yeah, I can't oh man, I can't I can give I can give him a pass on Claypool and and Roquan, man, that, that one's hard to swallow watching him, man. I watched most of that Baltimore game and he was everywhere. Yeah. So that, that one's hard to watch, but Oh, well, shit's going to happen. Joe, what do you I think about polls and what, what his status is uh, and Kevin Warren and all that stuff, everything we just talked. Okay. So look, you got to give Frank, you got to give McCaskey the unlimited gift card at the pro shop and just say, Hey man, we're making all the choices now. Uh, but uh, you, you, you open this up by talking about if they beat the Packers in the last week, will that save Ibrafus's season or, or save his job? Oh, yeah, yeah, you do have the fanboy in him that's just like, great, we beat the Packers. Everything is on the up. Everything is on the up. Everything, like, uh, hopefully he's fired no matter what happens at this point. I mean, I mean, yeah, you're, you're sitting here four and eight. Like, I guess you technically could win i guess your last five games or whatever and and, and end up with a winning record but uh hopefully he's fired uh, no, no matter what now with the polls thing i'm with you as far as the split every other week it's like well the team looked like absolute ass and so all the players and all the acquisitions that ryan poles have brought in you know fall under that absolute ass category and then you have a game like last night where oh, there's some bright spots to this team Really, Chris, it's it's hard to judge. It's hard to decide because, like, I think we're all in agreement that Matt Eberflus is absolutely incompetent at his job. Whether you like what Luke Getze does or not, I think we're in agreement that they're a poorly coached football team. And so for us to judge the roster and to judge the the, the players, it's kind of hard to say, like, oh, would they look X amount better, 10%, 20% better with different coaching staff, with, with a competent coaching staff? Maybe so. And, 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 and if that's the case, then maybe Ryan Foles has hit on a lot of these players. I mean, obviously, Valus is a miss, and Chase Claypool is a miss. And, you know, you, you, you're going to have – you can't bat a 1,000 when when you have so many decisions each and every day. Like, literally, at GMs, you're, 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 you've got – every position on the roster you're making choices and decisions on. So to, to expect them to bat a thousand is a little unrealistic, even from our fan perspective. Uh, but yeah, today where I sit on Monday, I guess, or on, on, on Tuesday, November 28th, I'd be fine with if Polis came back. I really am just, maybe he doesn't get to have as much say so in the head coach. <laughs> uh, maybe he's just a talent, uh, talent acquirer. Uh, Cause he seems like he's doing that. Like, he, he seems like there's good pieces and parts on this roster. It's interesting, man. Like the, I'm with you at the, like, it's so, so a couple things, like you said, he, he's, they're poorly coached. 
so the defense is balling out. And I know Lucas has another aspect of this that he's going to want to talk about, but I'll just talk about it from the, the flu's perspective. Defense is playing really, really well, has played a lot better since he's come on. You yeah. see him putting a lot more pressure on quarterbacks. Uh, he, you know, he did that right away once he noticed Dobbs was failing miserably at it. They've had back-to-back weeks of four turnovers. Um, to the flip side of that, we talked about this last week, couple weeks, probably every freaking week so far, is the, the penalties are ridiculous, man. The amount of penalties this team gets is absolutely not okay. Uh, and that is, a, that is a testament to coaching. And then I, I am so confused at the offensive situation. I don't feel oh, like Getsy yeah. is this dude that is going to throw 4 million screens. But I get the sense that Eberflus is a, you better take care of the ball guy. And it gets, he doesn't know what else to do. Like, all right, I guess I'm just going to like chuck it short or chuck it to the sidelines and like, you know, let the playmakers make plays. And in, in all honesty, a decent amount of those screens worked this week because you had, ESB in the game instead of freaking and, and man Mooney can block dude for being five seven 180 pounds or whatever that he's got block. a little bit of that dog in him he does and that's it's going to be kind of sad to see him go but he is he's trending downward unfortunately but when you're asking him to block a million times a game and then when you don't ask him to block you try to get him killed no matter who the quarterback is whether it's Bajan or Fields he took uh, one of those hits on the sideline oh no, he dude. took a shot um but yeah, uh, Lucas, what's uh, what's your kind of take on? I know you you immediately said yes, he'll still get fired even if he beats Green Bay. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I mean, I just I think there's too many breadcrumbs at this point of people like Albert Breer saying it. We heard Schefter go in the air and say he thinks seven to eight coaches are fired this off season. Uh, you know, everyone's talking about how good this coaching carousel is coming around, uh, and then you also have. Uh, that Bears radio dude, Bill Zimmerman, saying that Eberflus, uh, the Lions game, is what will get Eberflus fired. And he's generally pretty well connected. He was the one that broke the Panthers news. So I don't know. I don't really think there's anything he can do to kind of save his job. Um, I mean, I think at the end of this, even if the Bears do win a couple more games, polls could be like, we could be a playoff team if we didn't have this buffoon leading the team. So Yes, exactly. No matter how you look at it, it's like – with the amount of like blown leads and how I guess more talented the bears are than we thought they were. Uh, I think a lot of that will come down on coaching. And I, I do believe Warren is there to uh, lay down the law. So we'll see what happens. Oh, I mean, look, look, you would, uh, I mean, just objectively, the bears should be beating the Falcons and the Cardinals. Boom. That should be two wins. The bears should I, be beating I, the Packers. I, I think they should win two of those three games. Yes. Right. And okay, you're gonna give give back another Lions loss based on talent, and if you win that game, whoop de do. But like the schedule, when we rolled it out there, maybe y'all were rolling your eyes at me in the summer when I said, "Oh, 11 wins, 12 wins, or whatever." But like the schedule was not hard. The schedule had a lot of bad football teams on it, and you just had to have adequate coaching. You get the you get the Denver game back. Like you get a lot of these games back there where you just absolutely fell on your face uh you you get the backers game back in the first week i even think you should have the 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 bucks game back in the second week like 
all right, you're going to have weeks where you get your butt kicked like you did with the Chargers, to what, two, three weeks ago. But, like, the schedule was not that crazy. And so, God, it just shows to me, even if you win these last five games, great. Go do it, buddy. Go do it for your own for your own sake. But uh, fire him no matter what. And I know we keep – this isn't a shot at you, Chris, but I know, like, we all yes, love to – to, to predict like what will happen. And we're like, well, if this, if this happens, if the bears win, you know, three or four more games, I'm just like, I don't see how they can do it. They haven't beat a competent quarterback yet. Like the bears. Four, right. But you just to- called out two. Okay. So there's only five games left, right? Don't say. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you got four and eight is 12, 12 and five is 17. Yeah. Okay. So you, three of those are not, competent quarterbacks Desmond Ritter or Tyler Taylor Heineke whoever they're rolling out Kyler's good but I think Arizona's terrible uh and Jordan Love is suspect okay you got, Jared, you got Jared Brown, Browns and Lions are the other two games and dude watch PJ Walker come in and beat us that's gonna be great um they could they could fully end it. I mean the Browns are gonna be tough just because of that defense but I mean shit Okay. Well, I just I again I I think it's only going to come down to you won this many games, but you could also won three more, and you're dumbass blown. Right. At the same time, you could say okay, so like let so he wins two more. Like I said, he doubles his win totals from last year. Yeah, I could have won a few more, but you know this is year two of a rebuild, and I doubled my win win totals. I, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's really going to come down to if they. And I picked my OC, and my OC says this quarterback he can't win with. And if I had, yeah, see that's a where quarterback. I, I, think, I think if they go new quarterback, it's a definite new coach. I do not think they'll do that again. I know they <sighs> they have done it. But. I mean, I get it. I and I that's so that's so that's logical thinking, and that is not bare logic. <laughs> I don't know. I I just think Warren. I do think Warren's going to change things. And I think I, I I think it's hilarious that people are like they took the still shots after the game where Poles and Warren in the locker room like look they're happy no changes yeah. will be made and yeah. I'm just like yeah. <laughs> I'm just like Warren just beat the team he came from they have four this is their fourth win on the year like of course they're happy they're not going to get this moment many more times right right as if Poles, he's like Poles showing looked, his hand Poles oh he hugged Fields man the whole that, game dude. He hugged Fields. That means Fields is going to be the QB for the next 10 years. I don't know about that, man. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know. Joe, I've saw that tweet multiple times on Twitter. I today. believe yeah. it. I believe oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Paul's you... hugging him. That's his guy. Oh, yeah. He, he's really thinking in his head who he's going to trade him to. He's just keep winning, buddy. I'm going to trade you to Atlanta. <laughs> this Fields conversation has just gotten so weird. It's, it's exhausting. So weird. Like, I thought the Trubisky conversation was weird, but – Man, social media has just turned people like there's no in between anymore. You are either Trubisky one or the black. other. I mean, that is that is adding to the division. That's 100%, what I mean. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, and whatever. I mean, I, I I won't go there because I don't have I don't have an opinion either way. I think. Uh, I think Fields has all the talent in the world, and 
I don't know what you want to call it. I don't think it's intelligence, but being intelligent and applying that intelligence in a high pressure situation is a different thing. Everybody's brilliant on the chalkboard, you know, like uh, what's the dude's name? That was the scout that was supposed to be a part of the Hogan John show, but he got came in all high and drunk or whatever. He used to be on the bears. Josh Lucas, that guy even said Trubisky was a, a, a genius on the whiteboard. So like everybody, like you can say all these guys are smart on and intelligent and, and understand football and that's all well and good. But if they get put in a situation where they don't know what to do or it's just not instinctual or they're not trigger happy enough, that's how I see Justin Fields just not willing to pull the trigger or doesn't know what to do um, when he sees a certain situation or he thinks he can do more than he can. Like holding the ball is like thinking a receiver is going to come open and just holding, holding it, holding it and getting sacked or thinking he can do too much with his legs, you know, and he almost got himself hurt again when he, dude, he did the same exact thing, same exact thing. Like looking back on it when he got hurt and he tried to, you know, underhanded out of bounds or like flip it out of bounds or whatever when he was already in the grass, which still a suspect call, honestly, like that, that could have gone either way with getting rid of it in time. But yeah, this conversation is like, I think that in and of itself, Lucas, you said it today. Like if all you can get for him is a number two or people won't even give you a second round pick for him, that should tell you enough. Like he's just not it. Yeah, for if for whatever the reasons you stated, Chris, or just I think it could also be as simple as, you know, the Bears didn't really develop him properly, which whatever it may be, it's definitely not working out. And people say whatever they want, but I just watching the game, people can say, oh, yeah, he's improved. Like just him and he looks so skittish in the pocket. Like there's multiple times in the game where he can just stay in there like and just throw the ball. He's a strong arm, but he like he backpedals, he drifts, he runs into sacks because of it. Like it's just so bad in the pocket. And that's like my big thing is people will talk about his traits all day, but they just will not acknowledge like the basic football of like what he does in the pocket and what he does in the short to intermediate game and not throwing to the middle of the field. Like I don't care about his 40 time. I don't care about his deep ball. Why like he's not doing the simple things right? And people just won't they'll hang their hat on everything else besides that. Well, and the conversation has been that, you know, why don't they go downfield? And dude, whenever they drop they back, because they like, don't trust him to do it. And the reason they don't trust him to do it is because of what you were just about to say, Lucas is every time they've tried to let him do it, something goes wrong. Yeah. It's not it every single time, but like you, he hasn't hit enough of these home run balls or enough deep shots to say, that he could do it consistently. It's just not happened. And like, man, to your point about drifting and things like that, there was, there was a couple plays where like they had a rolling pocket, got him outside. One was in like the first half and Cole Komet was blocked. Dude. Griffin. I watched that play like six times right into it. He finally realized he should stop instead of continuing to go towards the sideline. Cause Cole was blocking the guy back towards the, behind him and he finally realizes it stops steps forward and the guy still ends up getting into him like i know it's uh uh daniel hunter or whatever but dude like have some awareness and then again 
in the second half of the game. Or no, no, no. It was down on the goal line. They rolled him out. And he could have stopped. There was like Vikings heading towards the sidelines. He could have stopped. He had blockers out in front of him. He could have just stopped and looked back to see what he had. But he just kept running towards the sideline and had to throw it away. And like just because you're rolling out doesn't mean you have to keep rolling out. Just stop and throw it. Like we've seen hundreds of quarterbacks do this. It's not a – you don't have to like look cool like throwing on the run or – drilling a ball to Darnell Mooney where you throw away over his head, but you, you know, you, you were thrown on the run and that even that throw, man, he had plenty of time to stop, set his feet and fucking make the throw. Like, that's great. You have these athletic traits, use them to get yourself in a position to get back to a strong base and throw an accurate pass. I'm annoyed. It's a, well, I, you know. I, I was going to say for a game where everyone was complaining about them calling a million screens, um, Fields still had a time to throw well over three seconds. I think it was like 3.2-something seconds. Riddle me that. How does that even make sense? He threw like 20 screens, and he's still well over three seconds time to throw. He's holding the ball for an eternity in the pocket, and it's putting everyone in bad situations. And then people were like, well, what did he do wrong to to lose Luke Getzey's trust? And it's like the play to Mooney is a perfect example. Like on a gotta have it third down, he's missing wide open guys. He did it two or three times, and then people are like, "Well, why are they going to throw a screen?" I don't know, man. They just they they flat out don't trust him. I don't know. People can say whatever they want about the game plan, which, by the way, they weren't just screens; they were actually RPOs, and he was just choosing to throw to the screen right away, but he also had an option to go to the other side and look for a slant or hand the ball off. So should clear the air on that. I also feel like he's uh, reading the, the option wrong. Like there were plenty of balls. He like where the defensive end crashed down and he should have kept it and taken off, but whatever that's, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I've never even played high school quarterback, so I'm not going to be the one to say that he should have done that. But to me, that's what it looked like. Uh, I've, go. I've played bad and I know what I'm talking about. I can read a defense. Um, the, 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 the thing I will say about like the, the screens and whatnot is I don't, what I don't understand is the lack of slants or the lack of like quick passes to like commit over the middle when the defense is blitzing. Like when you can tell they're coming, unless they don't, don't trust him to see when guys are coming and when they're not like, okay, they're showing blitz, but then they back out and they don't trust Justin to see that quick enough. I don't understand why they don't run any middle of the field quick stuff in and why it's all outside. I guess there's less, less danger. It's the only thing I can think of. I was just going to say maybe he tells him he doesn't want to do it because he never does it anyway, so I don't know. Like I was telling Joe, man, before the before you jumped on, Lucas, the, the only two over-the-middle throws he had were the last one to DJ where he laser-beamed a, sh- a shot, which was great, and the fourth and ten, like in the beginning of the game, or first, second second or third drive of the game where they, they blitzed the house and he threw it over the middle to, to commit, and he got like 20 yards. Right. It's the only two throws over the middle. So two successful throws over the middle. The other one, well, kind of, is like he used his legs to get outside and he, and he threw back across to, to Roshan. 
that was kind of in the middle of the field, but still like on the hash. I don't know. I just don't. I I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. I I know people say whatever they want, but for me, at the end of the day, you scored not even a single offensive touchdown, and the defense gave you four turnovers. No matter what, no matter play calling, this, that, the other, that's there's no excuse for it. I mean, really, it's just like I, I just don't know when the excuse making runs out. Get rid of all of them. Take all of them into Lake Michigan and drown them. Joe, do you do you have faith that a new coach would just walk in here and fix Justin Fields? No. No. No, I don't. I think it's possible. I think it's I think, you know, it it could be it could happen depends on the i mean the right guy who speaks the right right speaks the right language and uh you know calls has the right relationship but confidence absolutely none um you know you know so so that's what's got me such a into such a cynical place is that you know i do think the polls has brought in pretty good talent and i know that fields is not a polls guy but i think he's brought it brought in pretty good talent and to our, our earlier comment, like I think that a good coach gets a lot more out of the talent that's on the roster. Do they make Fields look like a consistent, competent quarterback? Oh, you, you, I don't have a whole lot of faith or, or hope in that. Which is why it's like, well, you keep moving on with Justin Fields for into the next. I mean, obviously you got him in the next five games, but like the next year, the next four or five years, uh, or, or, or do you go ahead and? Reset the clock, like it's just so discouraging because I think really everything is all about like everything. This whole offseason hinges on the Bears hiring the right coach, uh, which I guess sounds like it's going to hinge on hiring the right general manager at this point with where where, where Kevin Warren is. So and so you hire the right coach, you hire the right coach. Like, look, if if some magical world, this is just bullshit. But if in some magical world, the Bears could hire Kyle Shanahan. Don't you think the uh, whoever the Bears got as their quarterback would matter a whole lot less? <laughs> and so, sure. yeah, to that to that point, like you get the right guy in here, like yeah, they could make Justin Fields look better than he is, or they could make Caleb Williams and Drake May look like a, like you know competent pro- professional quarterbacks, uh, or you know, any any variation. It all hinges on the right the right guy hitting uh, dialing up the right plays and dialing up the right you know dialing up the right leadership. I have no faith in Eberflus. I feel like a lot of things that y'all have said and outlined about Eberflus handcuffing Luke Getze is probably going on right now. Uh, and due to that, I think there's a whole lack of trust in the building. There's a there's a lack of trust from a football standpoint and from a personal standpoint. You get two assistants fired in the same year off non-football reasons – you get some sort of like air in the building of what's really going on here. Is everybody trying to win football games? And like the same sort of thing, like you see it in the press conferences on the field stuff. Well, why is DJ Moore not in the game at the end of the game? I don't know. That's you have to ask the offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. I don't know. You have to ask the position coach. Uh, same sort of thing. Montez Sweat. You just get rotated in. Like everybody passes the blame. Everyone passes. How the embarrassing blame. is that, Joe? It's it's just like really. Ryan Poles had to have a talk with Matt Eberflus to tell him to play Montez Sweat at the end of games. It's ridiculous, and so like, yeah, you get the right guy in here. This <laughs> roster might have won 
like we're sitting here talking about winning the last five games. You literally could win three of the last five games and get you to seven and uh, seven and seven and ten. Yeah, I put you at seven and ten. We've already talked about games we've let go away. You could be at. 10 11 we can we could be a 10 11 win football team and that's what's so infuriating is like the rebuild may not be as far away as we all have kind of like been feeling through the first seven eight weeks of the year it might really just be incompetency leading this team and whether fields needs to stay or not like i'm not i don't have the energy to stand for him and to say let's bring him back but i also don't have the energy to really stand for any other quarterback because I think it all hinges on who who's going to be the coach. Uh, and, and so it's really disappointing and really infuriating to see, okay, you might end up with a 7-10 and 10 season and to think, wow, you could have won four or five more games with competency uh, from the leadership spot. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, Kitty. Meow. Uh, Bears need to change, right? Meow. <laughs> um, so who's the right man for the job? Chris Krogman? Jim Harbaugh. Do you think he actually leaves Michigan if they win the national title? I don't think they'd beat Georgia. Oh, all right. Well, actually, Joe, you're the college guy. Chime in on this. I mean, what what is up with the Harbaugh situation? Do you think he, he will leave Michigan if they uh, – no, well, Chris says – he, he doesn't think they'll beat Georgia. If they don't win the national title, will he go back to, to Michigan to win a ring? I think the way that the Michigan story has gone over the last two and a half months, that Jim Harbaugh will be leaving Michigan no matter what at the end of the year. Because of this investigation, or has there been other stuff too? Well, the investigation is a part of it. Okay, well, there's, there's several layers here. So you've got the NCAA investigating him on the COVID-19 recruiting violations. That's where you see a lot of the internet people be like, they're punishing him for giving a hamburger to a recruit. That's not exactly what he did. Um, you've, got, <laughs> you've got COVID-19 violations right there. Uh, so there's like one area that he, so he's served his three game suspension that the school imposed on him. The NCAA didn't agree to that suspension. They're just hoping by the time that the NCAA finishes their investigation, that the NCAA is going to be like, yeah, that three games you served, that's good enough. Uh, but they could come back and say, oh, you owe us three more games or whatever the case may be. And then the whole sign stealing thing, it's real. It's real. And it's getting bad. It's gotten to a place where, uh, whether Jim Harbaugh knew about it or not, I mean, he should have known about it. But to, to me, there's no chance that he didn't know about it. Uh, I, I, I think that uh, I think the Big Ten and the NCAA is going to come down pretty hard on him. And at this point, it's probably going to be easiest and best for him to leave college football. Is that – I mean, does the NCAA view that as like – is that what their goal is or they want him to like actually stay and serve his punishment? Um, I think that you know what I'm I saying. Think, like, know, is it kind yeah, of their goal to like push him out, or no? I think they'd rather him stay and, and, and take his punishment and keep Michigan, you know, keep Michigan uh, uh, where they are as far as prestige and where he's gotten them to. Um, because they're valuable to the NCAA that way. Uh, I I just think that Harbaugh is probably not too happy with the way, you know, with the way that is the support that he's gotten from his own administration uh, and, and just kind of 
I think that he thinks it's a big old witch hunt against him. Interesting. Is there any, I don't know, Chris, you might know about this. Is there any validity to the, I always see a quote where people say Harbaugh's dream job is the Bears. Like, where did that come from? Is that a real fact? Uh, I think he said it in an interview. Okay. It might have been a while ago, but. Did we ever even bring him in for an interview? Like, ever? No. The other rumor is that Virginia loves him. Like, loves him like a son kind of loves him. Little Jim. Jimmy. Oh, little Jimmy. He was such a good little quarterback for us. Well, she, she, was probably so seen, she was probably senile when he fucking played for the Bears. She was probably. in her golden days. She was like 70. Yeah. She was like, she was still, uh, you know. Oh, Jimmy. When, the, when he got out of the shower in the locker room, he just looked so good. <laughs> Stop. He, always, he reminded me of uh, McMahon, that McMahon boy. Was he after McMahon? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Year, what year did Harbaugh even play for the Bears? I don't even know. Like, like 92? early 90s? Like Sounds early bad. to mid 90s, right? He was right yeah. after McMahon. And so he basically was like, knock off McMahon. <laughs> yeah, he, he was like, any good. Yeah, he, he was any okay. good. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. I don't spend my nights watching Jim Harbaugh highlights. It's Jim freaking Harbaugh. It's because you're too Jim young. Harbaugh. Yeah, tell us about it. Then he went to the Colts and was better. Tell us Typical about bears. it. Bears. Honestly. Uh, he was with the Bears for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years, Luke. And in seven years, he completed 58% of his passes for <laughs> – for 11,000 yards, 50 50 touchdowns, and 56 interceptions. Dude, that's Hall of horrible. Fame numbers. That's Hall of Fame numbers for the Bears. He, he, he had a record of 35 wins and 30 losses in his in his uh, 65 games started. How the hell does he want to come back here so bad? <laughs> he was trash. <laughs> he was ass, dude. Why does he want to come back? <laughs> He took 157 sacks. He had seven fourth quarter comebacks. I think Fields had 157 sacks last year. (laughs) (laughs) How many did he have? Didn't he have like 70? He had half the amount Harbaugh had in seven seasons. Yeah. He was trash. He was awful. He was amazing, dude. So why does he want to come back so bad? What does that matter? 56 it interceptions. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how good or bad he was. For the Bears, he, he likes it so much. He, like he had 1,600 yards rushing and 15 touchdowns rushing over seven years. Same yeah, he's bang, his fields. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, now, okay. Now, while, while speaking to this, though, would you guys trust Jim Harbaugh if he said, I would rather keep Justin Fields? Would you trust that decision? Yeah, or would you you be like? That's what I'm saying, Joe. If you have Jim Harbaugh, he he here's the biggest problem. Came in here and said, "I want Justin Fields as my QB." You wouldn't trust him, Joe. The only person I'm trusting uh, right now is Eric Bieniemy to tell me that. Fuck out of here, Ben Johnson could get. All right, Chris. I I, I would feel good about Ben Johnson. 
I need to hear what Chris has to say about Harbaugh. The biggest problem with Harbaugh is he's going to want control. And Poles is going to want his control. So now you're going to have a a testosterone fight between Warren Poles and Harbaugh. So that's the biggest deterrent for Harbaugh, especially if Warren wants to keep Poles. Plus, like, Warren and Harbaugh didn't have the best relationship when Warren was the Big Ten uh, president. Most of it's, from my understanding, I guess, was due to, like, how the COVID thing turned out. I don't but, think any of the coaches liked him at that point. Yeah, because right. he was a dickhead. He was a dickhead corporate manager as a as a as a commissioner, which is fine. That's what you need to be. Well, and you work for and you work for the NCAA, who's just a like the dickhead corporate manager of right. the world. I don't think he would hold that against him, though. I don't either. You don't think Warren would hold it against him, or Harbaugh would hold it I, against Warren? I think for either of them, I think it's like water under the bridge. Yeah, probably. I mean, um, like, I, I really do think Warren's just doing his job, however you may perceive it, Joe, there in the SEC country. No, I agree with that. I do agree with that. Warren, Warren was doing the best he could with the information that he had in a very changing world. <laughs> in an everyday is something new world uh, with COVID-19. Outside and of that. All the football it, coaches just wanted to play ball. <laughs> and so that's what Harbaugh, you know. I would probably take the enemy – over Johnson strictly on the my perception of Bienemy's relationships in the league and therefore his ability to build a better staff than Johnson could. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm I'm really interested in Bienemy. I'm kind of surprised he's still not we don't know what Ben Johnson really is yet. He's good at being an offensive coordinator. And I'm not saying that the enemy has has any head coaching experience and doesn't have some red flags because nobody's hired him yet. Uh, the same thing with what Bobby Slowick, dude. That dude's like 36 years old, man. That's another unknown. Yeah. I will say, at least with Ben Johnson, I know he's been around for a while, even though he is pretty young, he said a variety of co- coaching positions. So I think at least with his track record of being young, he has kind of an upper leg, especially kind of having full control over that offense for two years and helping Jared Goff look like he's a top 10 QB. So uh, this coaching cycle is going to be cool, man. I mean, there's a lot of good coaches. And uh, I think we saw another good one yesterday. I know people might set, be sour to the idea of a defensive coordinator, but we talked about him on here. Brian Flores is doing something special with that Vikings defense. Like, they are not good, and he's got them dudes playing out of their minds. New man on the Minnesota Vikings. By the way, why did he not blitz on that last drive? I would have sent the house after Fields every single play on that last drive. They also said he drops eight more than anybody in the league. So if he's not blitzing, he's dropping everybody. There is no in-between. Yeah, it, his shit is very confusing. Just like watching it on TV, it looks like he's like running Madden plays or something. <laughs> it probably Dude, it's is wild. The, but, but like in the broad during the broadcast or at the beginning of the broadcast, they said there was a lot of talent on this Minnesota Vikings defense. Are they, were they lying to me, Lucas? Dude, I don't think I can name like more than four players in that defense. I, I can't name more than one right now. Well, I, got, I know they I have got, Tonga. I got, and I, I got, you're going to name a bunch of former Bears. I know they have Tonga. 
They got Bullard. Hunter. Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter. Uh, Harrison, Smith. Harrison Smith still plays there. And they had whatever that dude's name was that was making like every single play yesterday. I don't even remember his name. I literally just watched the game again and I can't remember his name. You know which guy I'm talking about? He was in on like yeah. every play. Forty four. The guy that blasted freaking um uh, the blasted what's his name? And then Forty was in on a bunch of plays too. That little linebacker. A little know. purple people leader. Yeah. So who do you guys think is looking for a new coach this offseason? Outside right. of Chicago? Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's assume the Bears Raider. are one. Carolina Bears. Carolina Bears. Are the Washington? Giants? Washington is. Yes, Washington. I, I think the Giants will keep Fatso for another year. The Patriots. And thus the Titans. You think they're getting a Vrabel? Why? Because you think Vrabel will go back to New yes. England? Yes, yes. Nah, they get, they've been grooming Mayo for that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Jets are safe. Bills are probably safe. I don't know, man. Bengals, McDermott's kind of bad. There's a there's there's been talk. So Robert Sola could get fired. Salah, Salah, whatever. He got me on my knees, sailor. <laughs> so right there is like six. Right there is like six or seven guaranteed teams, plus whatever extras we might throw in there. So I'm not about guarantees. I think the guarantees are the the Raiders, the Panthers. The Bears, the Bears, the Bears, the Bears. I want to say Washington's a guarantee. Riverboat Ron's horrible. Well, well, will Brandon Staley get fired from the Chargers? Oh yeah. yeah, he he has to get fired. Can you believe they only they have the same amount of wins as us? <laughs> Riddle me that. Uh, who's coaching in Arizona? Oh, uh, Murr. Oh yeah, yeah. First year guy, former Philly guy, former Philly guy. Um, okay. Murr. So what else? What else? What else? I think that's seven, right? Did we just hit seven? I lost count like three times. A new man on the Minnesota Vikings. Is Chris frozen or is he sleeping? He's uh, thinking about Jim McMahon. <laughs> Looks like he was pondering thought. He's uh, thinking about how life used to be. In the 80s when the Bears were actually good. Oh, his computer shut down. He just texted us. So, Joe, Dane Brugler's uh, mock draft comes out tomorrow. Mock draft 1.0. The Beast. Oh, not the Beast yet, but he's gearing up for it. The taste. Who do you think think he'll have the Bears taking? I think it's – I think Caleb Williams probably. I think he's going to have have the Bears taking Marvin Harrison Jr., I don't think so. Golly. That's another thing, Joe. I mean, people, we can talk till we're green in the ears about Marvin Harrison. Yes, I know he's amazing, but some other really good wide receivers in this class they would not be unhappy with if they had to take a QB and trade back down for 
one of those receivers. I'd be good with Malik Neighbors for sure. <sighs> Malik Neighbors is awesome, and you see yeah, him all the time in the SEC. He's insane. He made a he made a the uh, a wild catch right in front of me during the uh, LSU game that I was at. It was just nuts. Uh, he's a he's a player. He's insanely fast too, isn't he? Yes, yes. So I, th- I, you know, yes, everybody sees Marvin Harrison. That's good. That's the prize. That's what I think. Like the Bears are in such a period of transition. If they actually get it right, if they if they nail this offseason with the right coach, and let's say whatever they do with the quarterback works out with that right coach. Like you could actually like this year's team. That's why I'm so pissed. Like this year's team could have won 11 games. Could have won 11 games. Uh, and 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 next year's team, I just let's just think logically has to be three percent better based on the early draft picks and the and the, and the assets we have to spend. So three percent better than that. Like that's why I'm so pissed. It's just like any sort of adequacy. Uh, so Brugler, uh yeah, I, th- I think he is going to go because he's going to give us one with with Carolina. Uh, yeah, with that one with Carolina, he's going to give us quarterback, and then he'll either he'll give us best player available with that five or six, with that four, five or six. Dallas Turner. Dallas will be fun. I I can totally see the Bears going quarterback and then D tackle or edge early. I know everyone wants the wide receiver, but keep me going with the trenches, man. If you give me a beast, that's what I'm saying. I I I think you know you add sweat. That's a nice. That's a nice. You know, one punch. You draft a guy in the top ten, and you know you you hope Gervon Dexter keeps developing. Yeah, you get. Yeah, you got a nice little line. You got a nice little line going there. Well, that'll change your team real quick. Really, definitely. You know, and then you, you know, you add bits and pieces here in free agency. And uh, I don't know, man. I think Braxton Jones is here to stay, Joe Gaith, or else I'd be saying, yeah, we need a left tackle. But the Bears' offensive line really has been pretty solid, in my opinion. Oh, they've grown o- they've outside grown. of center, of course. Yeah. Stab me in the eyeball watching White Hair or Feeney or Lucas Patrick play center. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Luke, what you going to do with your bye week, man? What's your uh, Bears are in a bye, so g- goodness gracious, all you Bears fans listening, no losses to endure this week. What you going to do with your bye week, brother? Well, I will have to be keeping up with fantasy. I'm in the thick of things in a, in, in a few leagues, which is pretty cool. So definitely we'll be watching football on Sunday. Uh, but without the pressure of the Bears, obviously, uh, you know, got to get the Christmas tree up. It's that time of the year again. So get the tree up, get all the decorations going. Should be a nice bye week. How about you? I will be coming back from FTC championship game. So I'm excited to not have a Bears game on Sunday. Uh, have a nice, easy Sunday. Enjoy myself. Uh, we'll be doing a little. I won't be. Uh, the handbell choir at our church will be doing a little performance Sunday evening. So I'll be watching, hitting the buttons for them. Nice. Yeah, turn the right yeah. lights on and the microphones on for the handbell, ladies. Well, I don't. I think uh, I don't you, know. You, Chris Kirkman's going to make it back. Do you? 
No, it doesn't look like he is, and that's all right. We don't need him. But tell everybody about you, you've got some uh, crazy plans that you've started to lay the groundwork for for next week, maybe. What? Uh, didn't you have a brainstorming idea about next week's episode with some of some some extra friends, maybe? Oh yes, that is uh, that's actually Chris Krogman's idea. But yeah, we're thinking about having a little Bears roundtable next week, potentially. Here he is as he's loading in. Yeah, we'll make him tell us all about it since it was his idea. Chris, welcome back. We're shutting it down. We're telling everyone what we're doing with our bye week. Uh, both Luke and I have a very mundane plans, so we won't revisit it. What will you be doing with your bye week? But more importantly, tell all the listeners, the viewers, the audience, the uh, great, fun, crazy idea you have for next week's episode so they can be thinking about it, getting ready for it throughout the week. Uh, what are you talking about? That's what I, I said. Thought you, I thought you, uh, <laughs> based off my phone and stuff, everything I saw on my uh, phone today, it sounds like well, we're having a lot of fun next week with a we, bunch of Bears fans friends. Well, we're 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 gonna try to get uh two. We had a couple of people that we wanted to bring on uh that we are well. I enjoy their their Twitter accounts. I think. I think I've talked Lucas into coming around on a couple of them, but uh, there's uh, some fun folks. So we've got some fans that might join us next Tuesday, but for my mundane bye week celebration. Uh, so we got our, our kids a, uh, a yearly pass to this uh, trampoline park place called Urban oh, Air. Yeah. Heck and yeah. uh, they have a an entire wall television that they have, and they play football on it on Sunday. So I'll just sit, watch football, and uh, have the red zone stream in on my on my phone and uh, chill watching that, dude. It's gonna well, be your boys are um, getting well, their monkeys on. Yeah, well, they're running amok and, and jumping around and <laughs> playing, playing laser tag and. Eating pizza, dude. This deal is so such a smoking deal. It's like seventeen bucks a month per kid. Every time they go, they get a, a free piece of pizza and a popcorn or a chip, uh, and they can play on every single attraction that they have. They have like uh, a zip line that rides around the ceiling. They have a rope course. They have bunches of trampolines. They have laser tag, and all of that. My freaking seven year old just wants to play the video games there every time. I'm like, dude. You have video games at home. Like, go go jump around. So, jump around, jump around, jump, jump, jump around. Yeah, you got to get him, got to get him, play that on the in the in the speakers on the way. Uh, yeah, constantly. That's House of Pain is the (laughs) forever song that plays on the way to the jump park. Um, yeah, we should have a good time next week. We'll uh, we'll talk with some fans. Uh, get some get some mid year takes. Uh, hopefully one. Hopefully they are con- conflicting views, so that we can have uh, a little little fun discussion on the pod next week. But um, yeah, should be a good time. And and Chris, last concluding thought that you also missed him when you were gone. Uh, Dane Brugler's mock draft 1.0 comes out tomorrow. Who are the Bears taking at number one and number four? Uh, 
Drake May at number one. And if somehow Harrison's there at four, they'll take Harrison. If not, they'll trade out. I'm saying in the mock draft. Who do you think? In the mock, Harrison. They'll take Harrison somehow. Like say the like what if the like the Cardinals could easily say Kyler is their guy and go with uh, Dallas Turner uh, or trade out and Ooh. you could say uh, you could take see a quarterback number two Caleb I don't think there's going to be a quarterback that's going to move fast far enough up to get to three unless somehow JJ McCarthy pulls it off but um, that would be. Sam Hartman, baby. <laughs> Why hasn't he done it yet then, dude? The guy's like 40. Oh, man. If Notre Dame ever could get an actual QB prospect, man, that would be nice. I thought they did this year. I thought we had it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. All right. My prediction was Caleb Williams and Dallas Turner. So we will okay. see tomorrow what okay. Dan Brugler has in store. Shit, man. That'd be interesting. We'll see. You, you, you draft a uh, Bama boy in the first round that looks like three new Believe in Monsters jerseys in the mail pretty quickly. Uh, oh, yeah. So, Ryan oh, yeah. Polis, Ryan Polis, keep that in mind. If you if you still get to have that have that selection <laughs> yeah. in April, you want to sell three jerseys, uh, uh, that, that keep that in mind. Uh, three measly jerseys. Why uh, haven't you bought us our Montez sweat jerseys yet? Montez Sweat, uh, don't look at it. And if you do, do you know where he went to school? He, he's an SEC boy. Yeah, Mississippi State. Bingo! Two points. Mm, South Carolina, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Cowbell, ring more cowbell. Hey, I said a red. I said a maroonish and white team. Yeah, you're, you're, you're South you're, Carolina. That's the right color there. That's close. He, he wasn't on Jeffrey Simmons' team, was he? I think he was. I think he was. I'm in the Cowbell Park class, but I know, but I think they were in the same. I think they crossed over and shared a year or two. All right, Joe, sing a song and take us out. Bear down, Chicago Bears, make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears, put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you throw the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears, and let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.